Pastor Stephen Furtick of uh, Elevation Church in the US. And uh, he uh, has put together a, a curriculum uh, that can be studied in small groups called Greater. And uh, that's just uh, a plug for that particular uh, series of studies that are going to be going through our connect groups in 2016. I don't know about you, but I, I believe that God's got greater. I don't know about you, but I, I think God wants us to have greater. He wants us to experience greater. He wants our communities to be greater. He wants our churches to be greater. He wants your life to be greater. And that's just one study that we're going to be doing as a result of uh, the, uh, the connect groups uh, that are happening this year. This morning, my message is called Get Connected. Uh, and I really believe that God wants us to be connected. He spoke about uh, being connected in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 19. It's actually the passage where uh, Paul is talking about the body of Christ, how each body part is fit together just in the right place. He's just put it in just the right way. And it's God that actually put those pieces in the, the places that they needed to be uh, to function the best way that they could. I don't know how many here have ever seen a Rubik's Cube. Uh, have you ever seen a Rubik's Cube? Uh, I'm one of those people that has to cheat. I need the instruction book to see how I can actually uh, get all the same colors on the same side and, and stuff like that. But sometimes the body of Christ can be like a, a, a mismatched, like a, 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 like a messed up Rubik's Cube. You know, we're a part of that Rubik's Cube, but we're out of shape. We're, we're like a little bit disconnected. We're a part of that, that, uh, that puzzle, but we're just uh, finding little bits of our, our lives, little bits of our, uh, our walk with God is just uh, on the wrong facet you know it's we're on the opposite side of where we need to be and we need to God to come in and we need people around about us we need uh, people that we trust and can can uh, lean into that can help us to reposition ourselves so that we can be on the right facet with all the rest of the right colors you know if we're a blue color then we need to be with all the other blue people so that you know we're in that that, uh, thing and it, it looks good I know uh, some people are abstract, you know, think that a Rubik's Cube looks good messed up. I, I'm sort of like, I like structure, and I, I, like, I need all those colours on the same side, you know. I, I don't know, anyone else like that? About three people, praise God. I mean, excellent, right place, right time, here we go. So many of us live our lives out of alignment, and uh, uh, we're connected, but we're not in the right place. We, we, we're a little bit mixed up, and we need some way to find our place of belonging, uh, to find that place where we fit. Uh, and when we're connected, I believe, and when we're in the right place, together we become complete. You know, we need each of the other colors on those other facets on that puzzle to, to make that puzzle complete, don't we? we? We need all of that. I absolutely believe in the power and the dynamic of our Sunday morning worship experience. I, I, I believe in this, this, this time that we have together on a Sunday morning. Because sometimes I'm not feeling the greatest, but you know what? When I see you singing, when I see you praising, when I see you with your hands lifted high, when I see you with a, a word of faith, with a word of wisdom, with a word of knowledge, that encourages me in my faith. And likewise, you may come into an experience like this this morning, and you may need to be lifted. You may need someone uh, that you can draw upon, you can lean into so that your faith can be encouraged, that your life can be, have some sort of hope. And that's why I believe that Sunday mornings are absolutely crucial for a Christian to be a part of. But I also believe that every Christian needs a small group, a connect group, as it were, to be able to connect in, because that's truly where we're going to do life together. That's truly where we're going to intersect with each other's lives and walk through life together and, and see some things happen. You know, I believe that both our connect groups and our Sunday morning worship experience are important to our health, our growth, and our maturity as believers. 
And you may ask this morning, why are connect groups so important? Well, I'll give you some reasons. reasons. So connect groups help us to get connected and build relationships so that we find strength and, some, and support to endure the struggles and the difficulties of life and faith. Who knows that there's, there's two sides. We can have struggles and difficulties in life. We can have struggles and difficulties in our faith. And sometimes, you know, we have struggles and difficulties in life and faith, you know, and we really need a group of people around about us that are going to support us and love us and help us in the process and the journey through life. Secondly, connect groups help us to find answers to our questions. Sometimes we just don't know. And we need other people around us. We need to be a part of a small group that are going to help us to find some answers. Connect groups help us to see life from a different perspective. It's not all about me. There's a surprise right there. Sometimes, you know, we need someone else's perspective into how we're living, how they're living, to see some other facet of God that we may not have seen on our own. We need other people to help us to see sometimes from a different perspective. As a police officer, I used to like go to accident scenes and you would have like an accident in an an intersection. You'd have maybe sometimes a witness over there and a witness over there and a witness over there. You're going to get three different stories about the same accident, you know. And what we need to sometimes understand is that, you know what? We need someone else's different perspective to help us to get through in that group. So connect groups also help us to share life the way God intended. God wants us in relationships. God wants us to be connected with other people. That's why he created a body. That's why we are a part of the body of Christ. We as a, as a, a Christian church right across the, the Adelaide Hills, there are other Christian churches that meet together today or at, at various times. They are part of the body of Christ. We are joined together with them. We may not flow in the same way that they do things. We may not flow in the same way that they, they operate or the way that they structure their services, but we're still part of the same body and we need them and they need us. That's why connect groups are so important. So what does the Bible have to say about connect groups? Now, there are sermon notes this morning. They are available for you, and we can just follow through on that this morning. So I really just want to encourage you about getting connected this morning. So what does the Bible say about small groups or connect groups this morning? Acts chapter 2, verses 46 to 47 says this. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Sounds like a great group to be a part of. What do you think? And it goes on, it says, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What a great environment to be in. Secondly, God created us to be in relationships with him and with each other. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. I think that goes beyond just like a man and a woman in in, in the context of a husband and wife. And that's what it's talking about here. But I believe that God created us to be in relationship with each other. It's not good for us to be isolated. We need family and friends around us. We need people that we can trust and lean into in our lives. Otherwise, we're going to be picked off by the enemy. Have you ever seen wildlife shows? What does the lion do? It looks for the lame and the weak. It looks for the sick. I don't want to be picked off by the enemy. I need people around about me. I'm in a connect group. I need to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. So we need people around about so that we're in relationship to each other. And we need people because life is tough sometimes. In Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 12 says, We're better off to have a friend than to be alone because you'll get more enjoyment out of what you earn. If you fall, your friend can help you up. But if you fall without having a friend nearby, you're really in trouble, it says. 
It says if you sleep alone, you won't have anyone to keep you warm on a cold night. And someone might be able to beat you up, uh, one of you up, but, but not both of you. And uh, uh, for a rope made from uh, three strands is hard to break. A three, you know, like a triple braided cord is not easily broken, another version says. So we need uh, uh, people around about us because sometimes life's tough. And we need to, for people to be able to be there for us and walk through life with us because sometimes we're going to need the help and the strength and the support of someone else when we fall down or when we need warmth, when we need strength, when we need someone to come alongside of us. Also, there's another time Jesus' presence is stronger when two or three are gathered in his name. Now, his presence is always around about us all the time, but there's times also we need to understand his presence can be intensified because two or three are gathered in his name. It says in Matthew 18, 20, where two or three are gathered in, uh, together in his name, he's there in the midst of them. He's there in the midst of them. We need you know, to, to realize that that's what the Bible talks about. Another thing it says is fellowship with other believers is part of God's plan for discipleship. Discipleship. Acts chapter 2 verses 41 to 42 says those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. What was going on? There was a process. There was a journey that they were going on together, a process of discipleship. They were learning to be like Jesus and they were seeing each other, how they did that, to see how they could walk that out in their own lives as well. We need people in and around about our lives so that we can be discipled into the things of faith. We actually want to become a church of connect groups. It's our desire that we're in the process of becoming a church of connect groups. Because I believe that, you know what, it's great to have a Sunday worship experience. But you know what, sometimes we are not going to be able to do life together in this sort of a setting. We just can't get close enough. We just can't be in each other's world enough to be able to walk through life and to, to support one another and to do that. So we actually believe that we're going to, we need connect groups to do that. And ministry teams are being set up so that they look like a connect group. We can join together. We can support one another in our ministry teams. And it's our desire to encounter and connect people with God uh, and to, with God himself together in community because life change happens best in connect groups. We need to understand that this morning. So when we begin to get connected with God and with the right people or the right group of people, it will be like a breath of fresh air. Watch this. Fresh air is an intangible force that revives the soul. In our natural state, we can find ourselves living in survival mode. In fact, it's very easy to end up in a stagnant, lifeless state with absolutely no wind in our sails. That's when most of us attempt to manufacture movement in our marriages, at work, in our relationships, our finances and with God. And at any time that we try to do that ourselves, we only end up more exhausted and depleted. I believe that every one of us has a longing for more, a longing to experience a breath of fresh air that will blow through every area of our lives. And I think every one of us has experienced this fresh air that I'm talking about. We've all been in environments where the whole experience was like wind in our sails. It propels you with very little effort on your part. And all of us have been in environments where it sucks the life out of you. You can see it both in the classroom. One environment is life-giving, the other is life-taking. You can see it in a home where the father and mother create a place 
that makes you just want to be there. And some of us grew up in homes where you just couldn't wait to leave. You've seen it in churches, both churches singing the same songs using the same Bible. But one has a culture of life and the other doesn't, and it makes all the difference in the world. Well, that's what this book is all about. It's about taking a journey and discovering what that breath of fresh air really is and how you can get it into every area of your life. Because when it happens, it literally has the power to change everything. This is another example of one of the studies this year that we are making available to our, our connect groups. Uh, I believe that you're going to really enjoy some of the stuff that we're going to be promoting uh, throughout this year for our connect groups. Something powerful happens in the context of a small group, something we call connect groups. So if you hear me talking about connect groups, what I'm talking about is a small group of people that we're going to walk through life with. One of the great things that happens uh, in connect groups is that we learn to love others. We actually learn to love others. To, choose, to love is to choose to unselfishly care about someone else ahead of our own needs and wants at times. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, it says, Then uh, make me happy, truly happy, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in the, other, uh, the uh, affairs of others as well. See, God sets the standard for love because the Bible actually says in 1 John 4, 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It goes on to say in 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. See, God loves everyone on earth and, and He demonstrated this by sending His one and only Son to die for our sake. Because love is what they call a verb. It's, a, it's, it's what we do. It's not what we feel. Love is an action. Love is a doing word. And, and we don't grow in love by, uh, for others by simply reading a book. We don't, you know, I didn't discover Jane and then read a, uh, like a book and say, okay, this is how I need to love Jane. I actually walked through life with Jane and through the process. Now, we, we, just how it happens, we fell in love. It's love at first sight, okay? Uh, people say that never happens. Well, I disagree. Jane and I looked over a rubbish bin together at each other and, and we fell in love. It's a true story. It's a true story. We were looking over a rubbish bin at each other. We, our eyes locked on and, and it was like, it's just history from there on. But I've got to tell you right now, because I've been walking in love with Jane, because I've, uh, we've, we've put into practice the, the discipline of love, we've, we've acted in love and, and done those things, I didn't learn that stuff in a book. I walked through life with her. And that's how sometimes we know God wants us to, to do this. It, it's, it's a love thing. We don't grow in love for others by reading a book, but we learn through practice doing it. We learn how to love. We must be in close relationship with others. In other words, we've got to be in fellowship together. You know, fellowship isn't that time after a church on a Sunday morning where we go out into the cafe. It's a great place to have, a, a, you know, some great chips and some coffee. And we sit down with someone and say, hey, how's it going? And, and the person says, oh, I'm doing okay. But they're really not. They're really not. And it's only in the process of being in a connect group that you can dig a little bit deeper. You say, how are you really? 
how you're really doing. Now, that can happen one-on-one over a cup of coffee at Saison's. Good plug for Erin and her workplace. Okay? But you know, sometimes you just need to go dig that little bit deeper. And this, this here on a, on a Sunday morning doesn't really lend itself to being able to do that. You know, Rick Warren, pastor of Saddleback Church, says this. We can, we can f- worship in a crowd, but we can't fellowship in a crowd. And what he's talking about is that true fellowship, the kind that God wants is loving, it's authentic, it's honest, it's open, it's sharing, it's unselfish, it's serving, and it's grace-filled. That's the sort of fellowship that God is talking about. So in order to cultivate true fellowship, we need to be together in our connect groups, either one-on-one as friends or as a few people or in a small group. And what we're saying is maybe 8 to 12 people get together on a regular basis. We look at some of the stuff that we're making available this year. I actually believe that Jesus set the, the, the model for this. Jesus picked how many disciples? 12. He picked 12, didn't he? But he also had three that he walked a little bit closer with. And then there was the one that was, he was like the, the disciple that loved him. And so that sometimes gives us a picture of some of the things that God wants us to be involved in. We've got to be in a, in a small group. There might be a close group circle of friends that will share the innermost details of our lives with. We won't do that with a larger group. And there's one person we can sit down, we can, we can lay it all bare, and they still love us, warts and all. You know, those, those are the sorts of people that I need in my life. Those are the sorts of people that we all need in our lives. You know, God's kingdom is about relationships and the disciples actually learned how to love one another in, a, in their small group, in their, their connect group of, of 13 people, including Jesus. See, remember Jesus, okay? He had in his group a tax collector called Matthew who worked for the Romans and he also had in his group Simon the Zealot. Now, zealots hated the Roman government in Israel and tried to undermine it, even trying to assassinate people like tax collectors, like Matthew, who's now in his small group, who's now in his connect group. You know, so they they, they needed to learn how to fit together, how to walk together, because, you know, they, 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 they didn't do that naturally. But through the process of coming together around the person of Jesus, they learned how to live and be in relationship with other people who were different from how they were, who thought things different from how they were. And you know what? Sometimes I need someone who thinks differently to shed some light in my world. Amen. I think we all need that sometimes. See, One of the things that I've learned about our church is that we've had new people come to our church. They've come and they've gone feeling that they've not connected with anyone. And I believe that there is something that we need to do to shift the focus of that. Because I believe that God wants this church to grow. And one of the great ways that this church is going to grow, if we actively and intentionally get together, realizing that we are a church of connect groups so that we can see people integrated and connected in with other like-minded people or people that are a little bit different, but so that we can walk through together with support, with love, with care and nurture in our world. Because as we get bigger, the thing is, we must be more intentional. We must be more intentional about getting connected, developing community beyond our Sunday morning worship experience. Because I believe that we need to do that as a church to grow, and this community needs to see love in action. It's only going to happen as we get together in small groups and as a church on a Sunday morning. Amen? 
Another powerful thing that happens in connect groups is that we learn to lean in to others. We learn to get connected. We learn to lean in. Community or fellowship, it doesn't just happen. It's a choice that we make. Uh, uh, We need to ask ourselves, how many close Christian friends do we have that we share openly with on a regular basis? How many do you? I mean, when was the last time you sat down with someone and you had an open, honest, heart-to-heart conversation about how you truly feel? And I would suggest that it would be few. There would be few people that we would trust to do that and walk through life with to that level. That's why I believe that connect groups are so important. It stops us being isolated. stops us separating ourselves out from other people. Somewhere along the line, we've lost this sense of connecting with other Christian uh, people in the community and, and, and that environment for sharing our spiritual journey with one another. We've lost that ability. We, we, we think that people aren't going to love us if I actually share how I really are. We think that people are going to walk away from us because, oh my goodness, you actually thought that? You actually did that? You actually said that? You actually drive that way? Sometimes we think that people aren't going to love us because we're actually open and honest. And I believe that for true community to happen, we've got to be at that level with people that we can trust. I'm not saying that we just take out a three-page advert in the advertiser and just say, lay a laundry out there. But I'm simply saying, you know, identify some people in that small group that you could sit down with over a cup of coffee and say, you know what, this is how I really feel. Because I believe, I believe that if we were to really do that and to be open and honest in those contexts and those, those conversations, we would see a dramatic reduction in depression, in mental health issues. We would see a lot less suicides in our world because people can actually trust people and they can walk through life with someone knowing that someone actually does care. One of the greatest cries of people's hearts is, will someone just notice me? Will someone just listen to me? Will someone just be real with me? Someone I can share with? And there's no, no stigma attached to that. I wonder in Port Lincoln. I wonder. My heart goes out to that, that, that lady. My heart goes out to her. They may, they may, sometimes you're just doing everything you can. Sometimes just stuff happens. You know, that just does. We just don't know why. But you know what, if we could do something to stop the decline into depression or help people who are in that moment of darkness, just because we're real and we're walking through life with them, surely, surely that's what Jesus would do. So I'm going to give us four ways that we can intentionally lean in or get connected this morning. Okay, Four ways we can do that. Because I believe that it takes more than close proximity just because like, we go to someone's house for dinner or we hang out with a Christian friend or join a Bible study, it doesn't mean that we're getting connected. Okay? We, I can get a heap of people into a, uh, a lift together. Okay? We might be in close proximity. We might have the same purpose. We're going up. Okay? But it doesn't mean to say that we're connected. It doesn't mean to say that we've actually connected with one another. All right? So number one, and this is all in your notes, number one is get connected Getting connected takes time. It's going to take time for us to do this. We all have 24 hours, seven days a week. And how we choose to to use that is really up to us. Too often we don't get connected because we're too busy. We've got work. We've got kids' activities. We've got sports. 
church. We've got church. We, oh, you know, I can't get involved because of church. And sometimes that's a, that's a, a legitimate excuse. But what we're really saying is it's not a priority for us. To get connected with other, someone else, to, to walk through life with someone, this is not a, it's, not a, it's not a priority for me. Even though God's priority is for us is, is, is to love others and to connect with them. We don't want the same priority that God does. Because we're happy with our sin. Because we're happy with the way that life is. I'm happy to give up the, the, the possibility of being connected with someone else for my kids' sporting activities. I'm going to just put some stuff out there, okay? I'm just talking real. You Okay. Love me? I love you? Cool. Sometimes we just, we make all this excuse. It's just not a priority for us. We don't want to connect with, the, with people at that level. So when we get to heaven, here's the thing. And we stand before God. He's not going to ask us about our career accomplishments or all the toys that we managed to collect or to use or all the distractions that, that we thought were of the utmost importance here on the earth. They won't mean a thing to God. His concern will be if we've taken the time to learn to love him, obey him, and to love other people. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can you just pass me my Bible, please, Jane? This, this passage is, is often trotted out for people who uh, aren't going to church. And, and Christians use it like a bludgeon. Okay? I'm just being honest. It's true, isn't it? You know, like if you haven't been to church for a while, some well-meaning Christian comes up to you and says, you know, we should not get, forget together to the gathering of ourselves because that's what Jesus told us to do. You need to get back into fellowship. Okay? And this is what it says. It says... Uh, uh, in, in verse 24, let us not neglect the, uh, uh, the meeting together as some would have us to do. What does the, the previous couple of verses say? Have a listen to this, okay? <laughs> it says, think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. That's verse 24. See, we forget to say that bit. You know, let, let us encourage one another like, uh, to, to, to out, outbursts of love and good deeds. And he says, the first thing that you can encourage someone to do is to gather together with other people. To be connected with one another. It says, uh, this comes out of an attitude of love. It's coming out of a, a, a principle of love. That the, the, the heart behind the writer of Hebrews is saying here, you know, if, if you want to gather together, let it because you, you just want outbursts of love and, and, and good deeds together. You want to just hang out together and, and love one another and, and help one another and, and stuff like that. This year, we're, we're going to start a ministry. It's called Grow. Okay, this is true. It's called Grow. Like uh, uh, periodically through this year, we're going to do a ministry called Grow. Uh, so on Saturday mornings for three hours, maybe once every two months, the whole church gets together and we grow. What does that mean? We, we do gardening for someone else. We might do repairs for someone else. We're going to go into an uh, other's world. We're going to, if it, if it, you know, like water, we're going to water something. So what does that mean? It means we're going to refresh someone. We might just sit down with them over a cup of coffee and just encourage them because they need encouragement. We're going to grow. Uh, we're going to grow the kingdom of God. We're going to grow infused church. We're going to do something that changes someone's world. We're just going to go out and do it. Well, I was excited about that. Didn't I? I don't know. But that's in just I'm encouraging to outbursts of love and good deeds. You know? Cool. So this year, will we take time to get connected? Will, which connect group will you try out? Okay? Is it time that we stepped up and made time to lead a group? You've been a part of a group. You know that there's some 
gift on your life to be able to just to facilitate stuff. You know, the way that we do our connect groups, this, is, this will give you some help, I hope. Okay? I don't want leaders of connect groups. I want facilitators of connect groups. Because a leader implies that you have to have all the answers. You know what? I don't have all the answers. Okay? There are people that are more qualified, better knowledge than, than I could ever be in this church. Okay? But I, I, I don't want leaders of connect groups. I want facilitators. The ones that say, well, what, as a group, well, how do we feel about that? You know, what, what do you think the, the, the answer here is? You know? You're facilitating discussion. You're facilitating life that's happening in the connect group. We will train people how to do that. We won't just like, here's, here's the, uh, the, the, the study guide that you need. Just go and do it. We're going to actually sit down and, and deliberately train people to be a facilitator, like a coach. Come on, we can do this. Amen? So if God's speaking to you this morning about leading, stepping up and leading a, a, a group, come and talk to me after the service. We've even put together, here's one I prepared earlier, Connect Group Facilitator Tips and Tricks. There's, send no money now, there's a free set of steak knives. Let me, I needed that. Relax, take a breath. We need more connect groups. We need more connect group facilitators happening in our church. So secondly, getting connected takes authenticity. Getting connected takes authenticity. When we're getting connected, here's the thing. I I believe we've got to be real with one another, okay? Authenticity is about sharing what's really going on in our lives. We are honest with each other. We are genuine. We're intentional about revealing our struggles, sharing our hurts, confessing our failures, acknowledging our weaknesses, and asking for help and for prayer. And I believe that this is the number one reason we don't get connected, create community, or make friends, is because we're unwilling to be honest and genuine in our connect groups. Now, there's sometimes reasons for that, and I understand that. But sometimes we just don't want to share because we're, we're, we're insular. We, we've got this self-defense mechanism that, that just, it just happens. I believe that actually a lack of authenticity, authenticity doesn't build Christian community. It actually builds a social club, and the church is never meant to be a social club. Authenticity requires trust And it also uh, requires courage. The problem is that we're driven more by pride and fear and we don't want anyone to know uh, or or that we have uh, everything together. We don't have it together. We're afraid of what others may think if we are real. We have to be willing to share what's really happening and going on in our heart. We have to find a person or a group that we can trust. See, trust takes time and trust takes confidentiality. Okay? What's said in the group stays in the group. You know, you, you don't suddenly see it on Facebook or Instagram. Okay? It, 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 there's, gossip is a, a relationship buster. Okay? It kills community because it kills trust. And that's why God speaks so strongly about gossip because it, it destroys trust in a, in a relationship. In James 5.16 it says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. If you feel like you've got to talk about someone, talk to God about them. I'm going to talk to your best friend and, and just see it go around the, the merry-go-round. We ask every connect group to agree to a number of guidelines. That's all in that tips and trips, trips, tri- tricks book. 
try saying that fast. One of the things is we create a safe environment. We are confidential. So this, mo- this morning, who would you be real with this year? Who would you be real with this year? Which connect group will you open up your life to? As we walk out the journey of life, we each begin to thirst for something more. We want more than just life the way we know it. It's a thirst for more peace, more fulfillment, more purpose. That was God's plan all along. Since the ancient times, he has made promises that he will quench that thirst. And the promises he made long ago are the same promises he has made for us today. I said to you before that I'm in a connect group. As a connect group, we are actually doing this study right now. We're in the midst of doing this study as a, as a leadership group. So in my connect group, we're talking about this thing called the four cups. And things got a bit up and close and personal uh, when it came to me actually uh, sharing something that a question came up in this particular study. And uh, I did my, my usual trick. I deflected. I, I, I just wasn't going to go there. I thought, no, nah, not going to go there. I got called on it. I got called on it by my group. And they said, listen, you can't continue to do that. You can't. If we're in a group together, we are doing life together, you can no longer deflect. You can no longer avoid those things. If we're to grow as a group, to develop greater levels of intimacy, because as, the, as this group goes, that's how the church is going to grow, then you can't do that anymore. I praise God for a group of people that simply said to me, you can't do that anymore. You have got to stop avoiding those issues. I don't know about you, but I, I, I value people like that. I think that, you know, sometimes, and it takes a process. It takes a process. I don't know whether they caught me at the right time, and I just began to, to start to share some stuff. I'm glad I did. I'm glad that we can be real with people. That's what it takes, being authentic in your groups. Who do you need to be real with this year in a connect group? Who, who can you be you with in a group? Third thing, and I'm running out of time fast. Getting connected takes humility. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Pride destroys community while actually humility builds it. Did I say that right? Pride destroys community while humility builds it. Pride looks down on others. It's critical, judgmental, and it never admits when it's wrong. Okay? Humility, on the other hand, is realizing that we are a sinner saved by grace. Humility is thinking about ourselves less and thinking about others more. We, you know, it's, we also call some, sometimes we call it selflessness. Humble people are focused on serving others. When we're humble, we admit our weaknesses. We're patient with others and we're open to correction. A way for us to demonstrate humility is through serving others in the life of our, in life and in our church. So, so think of Jesus when he wrapped a towel around his midriff and he began to wash his disciples' feet. That's humility. We're humble when we're listening to others. 
and what's going on in their life. Prideful people don't listen to others because life revolves around them. It's all about them. They've done better, bigger, bolder, brassier, the whole thing. Who do we need to get connected with in humility in 2016? Number four, getting connected takes grace. It takes grace. There's always someone in the group, in your connect group, who rubs you the wrong way. They are what's termed as heavenly sandpaper. They are EGR people, okay? Extra grace required. EGR, extra grace required people. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. So to get connected, we must show the same grace that God's given to us. We make allowances for each other's faults because God made allowances for our faults. We forgive them because God forgave us. We need to respect the differences that we have, be considerate of each other's feelings, to be patient with one another. In short, be gracious. Like Pastor David Helliard said when he comes here, sometimes he said, just be nice. Can you hear his, his, his English accent in your head? Be nice. I don't have, that's American, but I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just be nice. Christians, be nice. Now, there's a turn up, isn't there? Hey, cr- nice Christians. I've met a nice Christian. on the. Oh, really? That's very good. If we choose not to get connected for this reason, like you know, that we just don't want to, to connect with someone because they're an extra grace required person, not only have we failed to extend grace, but we've failed to learn God's basic lesson of love. Just like in our family, there's always going to be people in the body of Christ who just rub us the wrong way and God wants us to learn how to love them too. It's easy to love those who are nice and friendly to us. Love is unselfishly looking out for others whether they deserve it or not. See, if, if we don't learn to extend grace and love, we're going to start to get annoyed by that person. Resentment will grow and pretty soon it'll happen this way. Number one, we'll turn on that person. We will unload on that person, baby. They've got it coming. Here it comes right now. I'm just going to give them what, what's... It's their time to get it like it really is. We have that attitude. Or... We gossip about them. Well, you know, so-and-so said this. They're always doing this. They're always doing that. They're always doing the other. Or thirdly, we'll just walk away from the friendship, from that group, from the church, from getting connected. That's not God's desire. That's not God's plan for us. So what do we do about it? We can pray and ask God to fill us with His love so that we can ask, you know, Ask him to help us to realize the grace that we've seen so that we can extend that grace to that person. And then we make the choice to forgive and we extend grace to others. Here's our encouragement as a church. This is what we're saying to us as a church, to infuse church. This is what our encouragement to us is today. Number one, we don't expect, we don't expect everyone to jump into a group with people that you don't know and then start sharing your deepest thoughts, your deepest emotions, the biggest questions you've got in your life or your struggles with them. We don't expect that. But what we would encourage is this, that everyone gets connected, finds common ground and builds relationships with people. In other words, we encourage us all to find new friendships and within those friendships, the deeper, closer aspects of relationship can actually be experienced. That is our encouragement to us today. 
See, love is like a muscle. It only gets stronger when we use it, when we put it into practice. And what happens is we don't, uh, don't use our muscles. We, when, we don't, they, when we don't use they atrophy. They, they get smaller. So we lose them. And the same goes with love. If we don't get connected as the years go by, we become more isolated. We get harder and harder. We have calluses on our hearts and upon our attitudes. We are less caring about other people. We become very cynical. We're more self-centered. Why? Because we've distanced ourselves from God and other Christians and we live in isolation. And What steps are you going to take this year to get connected to ensure that you don't become isolated? Let's stand. I apologize for taking a few moments extra, but I believe that it's been beneficial for me. I feel this strong. I really do. I feel this strong. This, this, this year, I feel a strong challenge to us all. A strong challenge to us all young people. I, I believe that God's saying to us this year, where will I be connected? So I'm going to throw the challenge out. Where will you be connected this year? Where will you be connected this year? Do we need to start a connect group in your home? I don't know. It's up to you. I, I want you to go away and pray about that. But I believe that God's speaking to people right now. Holy Spirit, continue to speak to people. Continue to touch their hearts, their lives, their minds. Put a desire in them, Lord God, about being a part of a connect group. Maybe you're a part of a connect group already, but you know it's time for you to step up and to start to facilitate a group of your own. You know that there's more for you this year. And this year, it's time to step up. I just want us to just close our eyes. Holy Spirit, speak to your people now. Speak to your people now. I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Put that desire, that, that, uh, that longing in people's hearts to be connected. I want to pray for people that you feel disconnected. You feel disconnected. You feel like you're, you're slowly slipping away. You're becoming isolated. You're becoming separated from other people. And, and you know that this is it's a little bit of a scary time even. But you, you just feel that God's just laying something on your heart this morning about being connected. Just being about being connected. This morning, I want to pray for you. I, w- I would ask you for the, to have the courage to stick your hand up right where you're standing. If that's you, I want to pray for you. You just feel like you're just a little disconnected. You're just not really connected with anyone. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for these people. I pray, Lord God, that you touch their hearts and that you'd help them and have, give them the courage to be connected with people that can encourage them and uplift them and support them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would put alongside people of a like mind, a like heart, that they can be friends with, that they can truly be themselves with.
that they won't be shunned or ridiculed or anything like that, but Lord God, that you would touch them in a way that just knows that they are being connected in with who you are. Father, I pray your blessing upon us all today in the wonderful name of Jesus. Touch your people this morning in Jesus. Actually, uh, we're going to just watch a, a, a quick video and then we're going to be out of here. <laughs>